Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness to pray and to rest before he began his public ministry. This year during Lent, join Pastor Hook to pray and rest as we learn about our calling to be a life-changing connection to Christ in our world. Uh, we are we are in episode 36 of our life-changing connection, and this is a study to look at various uh, scripture verses as we look at relaunching our congregation into our community. Th this will be, we've always worshiped at Cienega High School up until the pandemic. And we really have not done any advertising at all to our community because we're still learning how to use the sound system, the building, the all the different things that go into creating Sunday morning experience. So after Easter, we're going to start assembling teams and looking at people and asking people to help. Uh, I'll be laying out a vision to the congregation as far as what Sunday morning will look like and what midweek stuff will be looking like um, at the end of April. And then we're going to start recruiting people and then training people. And then we're going to launch into the community. And the desire is that when we launch into the community, that we are firing on all cylinders. Like we put our best foot forward for that period of time to launch back into the community so that they can be welcomed onto our congregation, welcomed onto our site, welcomed during the week and on Sunday morning, and that there's that we have really all the processes in place so that they feel comfortable, they feel welcome, and they kind of know what, where to go and who to talk to and what next steps are and all that sort of thing. So that all has to be uh, put together and explained and then recruit people and then, uh, you know, just put our best face forward into the community. So if you are listening to this and you are able to help in any, any way, <laughs> we will be asking you uh, at some level to do something for our congregation. There's, there's going to be so much to do and, uh, and not all of it's going to be on Sunday morning. Some of it could be leading up to Sunday morning. Some of it could be after Sunday morning and follow up. There's just a lot of stuff to do. And so we are... We are anxious and excited to uh, to kind of lay this all out to you and see where you fit in to do that. But in order to do that, we are going to um, continue uh, with the you know the all the stuff that we've learned during the pandemic. We're going to continue worshiping online probably forever. We want to increase the ability to do that online and do a better I you know better um, live stream of our of our worship service and all that. All right, so um, the uh, we've been in uh, we've been in Ephesians four eleven, and I will just read this for you one more time. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip His people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So Paul, who organized congregations in his missionary journeys, he went, he pulled together people and said, okay, you have these gifts, you have these gifts, you have these gifts. And he, and he pulled these people together and said, you're now a congregation. Be effective at spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. And so they did. And Paul kind of identified five different types of people. We've already talked about two of these and started into the third. We talked about how apostles go out and, and uh, you know, they're the ones that are sent out into the culture and understand the culture and that sort of thing. The prophets are people who understand God 
understand, um, you know, they, they have a deep connection with his scripture, with his word, with God himself, uh, and, they, and they just have a, a sense of where God is taking things. Then you have the evangelist. We started on this yesterday, but the evangelist is one who is, you know, in the business world, I guess the, the, uh, I've often thought that, uh, you know, there's, there's some overlap in these things into, into the business world because a congregation at one level is an organization that's, you know, centered around a theme, which is to make disciples. And so they have to organize like, like, kind of like a business does, but it's, you know, it's obviously not a business. Um, although there are some good business principles that can be used in a church. So an apostle is like a, uh, an entrepreneur. That's kind of my idea of an apostle. A prophet is someone who is like, I, this may be not fair, but like an engineer, but somebody who understands, you know, the deep principles of, of, uh, of the world around them. The evangelist is like the marketing department. The evangelist is like promotion. Evangelist is somebody that's just on fire for the product that the company sells, or in the case of a church, on fire for Jesus. You know, you've met evangelists. They, they can't stop talking about Jesus. They love Jesus. They love inviting people to church. They love getting people involved in church ministries. They love talking to people and finding out where their gifts are and then getting them to use their gifts in the church. I mean, these are people, they're in promotion, right? They, they just love to do that stuff. That stuff. And, um, and you know who these people are, and perhaps you are this type of person. You just get really, really excited about everything that the church does, and you can't wait to tell people about what the church is doing and, and get people excited and motivated to do stuff about the church. I mean, it's just, uh, that, that, is, that is the quintessential evangelist. And I talked um, about my friend who was um, who uh, I went to school grade school with, and he was he's was a salesman. It's, you know, evangelist is kind of like a salesman, uh, and he, and he could sell ice cubes to an Eskimo, just a very and still can. I mean, just very very excited on fire. How do you get people excited about you know about Jesus and about the church? Well, um, it's interesting, um, but th- that uh, some of your best evangelists are people who perhaps didn't grow up in the church and then somebody shared the good news of Jesus with them and they realized how awesome it is to be part of the church and they just can't wait to tell people about this great thing that they've found that or that God has found them and this relationship they have and that they're in the kingdom and how life is so much better and all that sort of thing. Some of your best evangelists are people who are recent to the faith. I remember when I was in eighth, uh, seventh grade, uh, my mother decided to send me to a Lutheran school. And so uh, I got baptized and uh, was brought into the kingdom of God. And I was just on fire for Jesus and the church and, and this whole process called church. I mean, I'd gone to church uh, when I was a kid with my grandparents periodically, not often, I used to fight and kick and scream because they were mean to me, um, but but I went when she forced me to go, and it wasn't a whole lot of times. I mean, it was probably in the whole time of my growing up, I went with my grandparents maybe 30 or 40 times, and um, and then I would go with my parents on sometimes on Easter, sometimes on Christmas, but not always, and then um, that, and that was it. But once we, uh, once I started going to the church, then our whole family started to go to church, and I just loved 
sitting in the pew with my family, you know, experiencing God. I mean, I was just, this was, this was new to me. And if, if you've grown up in the church, and God love you, I, I, I love people who grew up in the church because they've never known a time that God didn't love them, that God wasn't blessing them in, in their life and that sort of thing. And that truly is a better way, except in this one area, is that when you have come into a church and you are, it is new to you, and, and it just, and Christ fills this hole in your heart you're, you can get on fire for Jesus. And that was me in high school and in college. And uh, I formed a singing group. We called it Spirit Song. Uh, me and Bill uh, and Kay and Mike and uh, Todd. Uh, and we actually uh, wrote a lot of music and we went around the, uh, the western half of the United States, you know, singing in churches and just really on fire for Jesus. And it was, it was, it was a passion for, well, for me, it was a passion because of this, because I didn't grow up in the church. And I real, and it just, I don't know, when God took a hold of me at my baptism, it was something that, uh, that, that I experienced that I, I just want everybody to experience that. I really, really do. If people are not, uh, connected to a church and connected to a church body and connected with other Christians, they're missing out on a big, big deal in their life. And um, and that was uh, because I honestly think if I had not been connected to a church, if this had not happened, um, I, if if my parents had decided to put me in a Lutheran school, I probably, and, and, you know, we weren't, we weren't going to church. So I probably would not have continued going to church. And I, I don't know if I would have ever connected with a body of believers. I'm sure that God at some point would have put a lot of other people in my life to, to put those you know things in my life. And perhaps I would have at some point down the line, but the probability would get lower and lower and lower and lower. And so for me personally, I am so, 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 so grateful that I was able to get connected to God uh, in, in seventh grade. It was just, I truly, I truly am so thankful to him every day of my life. And so there's a part of me that really, really, I'm not very good at evangelism. I was really good about it in high school and college because I talked about Jesus all the time to anybody and everywhere. But people don't like to hear about Jesus. And, you know, after about the 50th or 100th time of being shut down, um, you know, you start to, you start to lose that... Uh, that you know that desire to share Jesus with the world, but um, but it, you know God God still deep down in my heart I still have this desire that we as a congregation can share the love of Jesus to a world that is hurting for Jesus. I just look at some of the people who lose it. What are the, the, you know, they're on Instagram or they're on TikTok or, I mean, I don't know, you know, someone films a person who just, you can tell that their heart is broken by some of the stuff that's going on in the world around them. And you just want to say, hey, listen, there's a God that loves you and cares for you. And yeah, these things that are going on in the world, you know, I know that they're breaking your heart and you're angry and you're upset, but there's a God who wants to fill that emptiness and their brokenness in your life. And um, let me tell you about how he filled the brokenness and emptiness in my life. And, you know, let's have a conversation. 
And, you know, how that looks and where that happens and how, how we can train a lot of people to be more evangelistic in their life. Because evangelism, obviously the best evangelism, is, happens in deep one-on-one communication with people in your, in your life that, um, that you can just talk about God with in a real honest way. When I was an engineer, um, I had many good conversations with people about God uh, and what, how, you know, what God was doing in their life and what they felt about God and, um, and just, you know, spiritual conversations that, uh, that I, I pray were helpful. And maybe at some point, you know, it wasn't me, um, but maybe at some point in their life, you know, some of the words of me and other Christians kind of gelled. And at some point they said, I'm, I'm missing something in my life and perhaps Jesus is the answer. Um, and I know that a lot of those people that, you know, my engineering days, some of them were Christian and I, some of them became Christian later on. And, uh, and for that, you know, I praise God. And so, um, you know, the evangelists, the evangelists are people who are just on fire, you know, the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire in their, on their head. And they just, they're, they find people that are lost and broken and hurting and they, they're, they're able to kind of share, you know, there is good news. There is good news. Um, so that's the, uh, so he's called some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Now we talked a little bit about teachers that at some level, all of us are teachers of the faith by how we live our life. Uh, Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within you. So once you become a mature Christian and you are living your life, you will find opportunities to teach the faith to other people, to people within the church and people outside of the church. Because everything you do demonstrates at some level some doctrine or some faith or something. Um, you know, uh, if you, uh, how you live your life, how you raise your children, how you you know, the things you do in your own personal life, the, the things that you tell other people that you do in your personal life. Um, all of this stuff is at some level teaching them the faith at some level. And some people teach the faith um, in, you know, actually, you know, in the church. Like some of them might be Sunday school teachers or they might be Bible study teachers or small group leaders. I mean, there's some people who have faith and they teach those things to other people um, as, a, as a regular course. Like they, they teach, like right now I'm teaching the faith. Some people have an experience in life that is so profound that that one experience they share with people uh, whenever they can. Like some people have the experience of a conversion, a conversion where, like me, where, where Christ comes into your life and you realize that if you had taken the path before Christ and continued that on, you would have been a lost and broken person at some point in your life. Whereas Christ comes into your life and now I'm on this path and I am filled with joy, I'm filled with peace, I'm filled with his love, I'm filled with his spirit, just all of that. And and that one experience you can share with people and you can share that experience over and over and over again. 
And then Christ might have other experiences that are just huge, profound experiences in your life. And you can share those profound experiences in your life. So it doesn't have to be like you don't have to share new stuff all the time and you don't have to understand all the stuff all the time. You can share um, anything in your life. It's funny. We have um, a summer camp. It's called Southern Arizona Lutheran Camping Association. And um, I don't know how many camps I've been to, but, you know, dozen camps. So uh, we right now it's up in Oracle. We're not going to hold it this summer in June because the coronavirus has caused us to not be able to do that. The camp it's got too many restrictions for us to be able to do the camp well, so we're going to hold off this summer. So we're going to plan for a great relaunch of this camp uh, in the summer of 2022. And it's up in Oracle. It's a great camp. And uh, one of the things that we do is at the end of each day, we have campfire. And in campfire, we allow the kids what we call cabin leaders. These are people who have uh, six to eight children under them uh, and then they you know they take them from the events from day to day and at the end of the day around the campfire we have these cabin leaders come up and they simply share stories about their faith their teaching about the faith <clears throat> and sometimes they'll tell stories about how uh, they had a difficult time you know the, I shouldn't you know we, we try to we try to tell them don't think of the worst thing that happened to your life and say how god walked with you during that you know because sometimes these camp <laughs> these camps can become into competitions to like who's got the who has the worst experience that you know in life and then you know some of them have some pretty bad experiences some of them had some horrible horrible things that have happened to them in their life um, but, you know, when they say that God walked with me and God's spirit was with me, I mean, it really is very powerful, but it's not a competition. I remember one guy um, got up once and he said, you know, I, I was raised in the faith. And um, from the moment I could remember, I felt God's presence in my life and his joy in my life. And, um, you know, I've got great parents and I really haven't had any bad experiences in my life, but I still feel God's presence in my life. And it was like, yes, thank you, Lord. It was, it was so exciting because, um, you know, you don't, I know many, many people, um, particularly on my wife's side of the family, you know, that just grew up in great families. You know, they grew up uh, with strong mom and dads where they did devotions around the dinner table every night. Um, and, um, you know, they went to church on Sunday, every Sunday, didn't miss. They were heavily involved in the activities of the church. And there are family, I mean, and, and those families uh, produce some of the most amazing, not always, but produce some of the most amazing uh, people who are so grounded in their faith. It's just, oh, I get jealous. I mean, I truly do. Um just because they just they're just so rock solid grounded in their faith. And so their faith story is like that, right? They're, they're at the campfire, their faith story is like, you know, I've never known a time that God hasn't loved me. I've never known a time that my parents haven't loved me, or my grandparents and or my church, uh, you know, my pastor. Um, I just and and I and I love I love life and and life's good for me. I mean, it's just I mean that that that's a great faith story. Also, I mean it's an awesome faith story, um, and that's teaching at some level. Uh, and then the last one is pastors. Um, pastors, 
we think of a pastor as a person like me, a pastor, uh, but I am not the only pastor in our congregation. We have a ministry called Stephen Ministry. And through this training, you will learn listening skills and pastoral skills. Because um, this guy, uh, uh, Kenneth Hauk, uh, who was an LCMS pastor, by the way, Stephen Ministry was started by an, a guy who went to my seminary, Kenneth Hauk. And a great guy, he was a clinical psychologist, and he realized that pastors um, are not always the most effective person. The pastor of a congregation is not the most effective person to be pastoral to everybody in the congregation because um, a lot of pastoral ministry, you know, this, this pastoral ministry is born out of a strong, deep relationship with people, um, sometimes it takes, you know, meeting uh, for a period of time. In the Stephen Ministry program, it might be meeting once a week for three months, six months, nine months, a year, just to help people through a struggle that they're going through. Um, and it is um, it is a great, great program. Um, and I'm not, and we're, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to, activate that program and do that program well. But the the point is, is that with a little bit of training, a lot of people can be pastoral. And I would highly recommend anybody, anybody that wants to be like, take a deeper step into faith, into their faith journey and to do some really deep water fishing. What I call deep water fishing is uh, Jesus told Peter after he'd already put the net away. He goes, why don't you cast the net over there? And Peter's like, I don't want to do this. I've already put the net away. And Jesus, just trust me, you know, dip your toe in. So he puts the net over there and all of a sudden he catches this huge fish. I call that deep water fishing, that there are times in our life where, where God calls us to do something that we really are not sure we're equipped to do and we're not sure if we're capable of doing it. And sometimes we don't want to do it. But we really feel God pulling at our heartstrings and tugging at us to say, you know, you really need to cast your net over there and do some deep water fishing. And so you go kicking and screaming and you do it and you're not sure. Um, you know, for me, Kairos ministry was this. It's this prison ministry. And I was asked to, to be a part of the, the team to do this prison ministry. We go into a prison. Well, a, I don't feel comfortable going into a prison, and B, I'm not sure I've got the time to go into a prison, and you know, just all these things why I shouldn't go. But, but I was asked, and so I went uh, into this prison ministry, and my goodness, was that one of it's? You go into a prison ministry, and you find people who are desperate to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see things in a way that you you know opens up your eyes. It is deep water fishing at you know at the highest level. Um, I think going on a missionary uh, trip to um, to a foreign country or maybe even taking a year off and going on a mission trip, you know, to, is, is deep water fishing. There's lots of different deep water fishings that you can do where you go kicking and screaming and you realize, oh my goodness, this is, uh, this is amazing. You know, I see God at work like I've never seen him at work before. Like Peter did, right? He saw the presence of God with the fish. He's like, oh my goodness, I see God at work. Um, so there are those types of things in our life where we where we do that. And um, But pastoral, there everybody, everybody needs at some point somebody to walk alongside them 
in their life that your your number one pastor in your life obviously would be you know your parents um if you have christian parents they would be like the number one pastoral people in your life if you are a parent you are the number one pastoral person in your in your kids life you're the ones trying to get them through the the difficulties and the tribulations of life um and then christian friends can be pastoral in your life uh i as a pastor can be pastoral in your life you could go uh to see you know other people you could have professional counseling and that could be pastoral in your life there's there's a lot of people there's a lot of different ways to think that none of us need pastoral care or pastoral people in our life is a lie because at some point all of us need that and some people are hugely hugely gifted in this area they just love being pastoral and Paul identified those people in churches he said okay you love being pastoral so you're going to be pastoral in this congregation and um and into the world also you can be pastoral in the world if you are um in a leadership position in a business like if you are a if you're a project manager or a leader in some sort of business uh, you know at some level you are being pastoral to the people you lead even in the business world i remember when i was an engineer it was it was um i was a uh you know project manager and then a division manager and then a vice president of a region you know it, all, all of those i I used to call it adult daycare. <laughs> Because no matter how old people are and how mature people are and how long people work in a business, right? They're still he's touching me. He's he's not sharing his things with me, you know, or she's not sharing her things with me. She's touching me. Um and I used to call it adult daycare. But but basically, you know, when you are in the business world, at some level you are being pastoral to people. Um I would say that if if you are in the church you are learning skills you are learning pastoral skills that are transferable to your family they're transferable to your business to your school to your kids to your parents to life i mean learning pastoral skills is one of the things that churches should encourage everybody to do because at some level all of us need to be pastoral to other people I mean that is just that is just the truth. And um you can actually take a test. Um if you type in A P E S T, APEST test in the internet, you can find out where your strengths are and you know where where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. And um uh my my I score very highly on the apostle part of it and I score very very poorly Uh, in some of these other areas which doesn't mean I can't do it it's just that I'm not as good and not as equipped and I have to learn myself you know how to do it better um on all some of these other things uh and and that's what Christ calls me to do he's like okay you're really really gifted in this area so you know use those skills for the church but since you're you know a leader of a congregation you might want to you know invest in trying to learn and do better some of these other areas in your in you know that that Christ gifts the church with or find other people to that are gifted in these areas um so i think we'll leave it there um and then uh we will finish up with the last episode tomorrow so would you join me in prayer 
Gracious God, thank you for this time together. Um, continue to bless our congregation, to guide and direct our congregation so that we may be so effective at sharing your love to a world that so desperately needs it. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.